0: Hello, and welcome to The Purpose. I'm Bill Brunson. And I'm Kip McClure. And today, we're going to be talking about a very familiar parable that Jesus tells. It comes from the Gospel according to St. Mark. The fourth chapter, we'll begin reading in the 30th verse. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It's like a mustard seed which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of the, all the seeds on earth. Yet when it's sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nest in its shade. This passage, like I say, is very familiar, and we're going to go right ahead and get out there. Uh, just We're going to address the... Uh, the elephant in the room, uh, which is mustard seeds, are not the smallest seed in the entire world. Um, yes, some I uh, know that for some people, that is one of those things where when they read this, they get so locked down on that factoid, uh, they'll go, wait a minute. There are there are certain kinds of flowers uh, that are you know, the orchid flowers that their seeds are an eighth of the size of, or a thirty second of the size of a mustard seed. And so how can I'm not, and let me go ahead and tell you the average person that Jesus would have been telling this to had he said the phrase, "What can I compare the kingdom of God? What parable will we use for it?" It's like the mustard seed, which is a very small seed, though not quite as small as this orchid seed that you probably have never heard of, nor will you ever see an orchid. Uh, and then he goes on with a parable. I think it would have been a, a, a distraction for folks. So don't get caught up in your understanding of botany um, and your love of the uh, flora and fauna of
1: the world. But I, I have another uh- issue that uh, kind of elephant in the room how many mustard seeds does it take to make a bottle of mustard i mean it's something that i've just never had a good answer to
0: now that would be an interesting thing i mean i personally think that um you can get the dry mustard seeds at like any grocery store i'm sure um and i think personally that you should get maybe four eight cases and you should
1: make your own mustard the next time it that we have a snow or ice event that's what the McClures are going to be up to
0: i think i think that is a great idea you can get milk bread and as much mustard as you can carry and then make your own mustard at home this is a good plan all right now that we have really delved into the depth of this passage with that kind that conversation let's go ahead he talks about the fact that the mustard seed is small. And granted, if you are looking at seeds, it is small. When you compare it to uh, the you know seeds for other plants, the mustard seed is a very small seed. But when you plant mustard, it grows. Proportion to that seed, it grows significantly. And he says... That the kingdom of God is going to be like this very small thing that once it's planted, once it takes root, once it's watered, once the sun hits it, once it grows, it will just keep growing and grow so large that even the birds of the air can nest in its shade. And I love that idea of, well... His excitement over the kingdom of God, and how large the kingdom of God is going to grow, and how rapidly the kingdom of God could grow, um, it, because that is that's that's a part of the message that we need to hear is that Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God being bigger than we can understand, but it all all starts with something very small. There's a there's a little poem thing that I, I heard years ago that says, "Great events we often find on little things depend, and very small beginnings have often a mighty end." And in I always I think about that little poem in the idea that we never know what the little bit of faith that we act on. How that's going to have the ripple effect in our life one little act creating something bigger one moment of trusting God that changes our course and and recharts our future little things have a lasting impact there's a there's a great story that is told in almost the reverse and that is when uh, Lech Walesa was with the um, the group in Poland and was standing up against communism in Poland. And he was interviewed one time and asked, "How how did you find the strength? Who were the source of inspiration for you in this?" And the story goes that Lech Walesa said, "Well, I was inspired by Dr. Martin Luther King in his." Uh, his peaceful resistance to uh, the injustice and prejudices of the South and, and across the country in America and around the world. And someone in the story, someone had asked Dr. King, who were, who were the sources of inspiration for you? And, and Dr. King was inspired by Rosa Parks, who sat down on the bus in Montgomery rather than going to the back peacefully, just sitting on the front in the front of the bus and creating you know, basically starting the, the Montgomery uh, bus boycott. Um, and so you ask what brought down communism in Poland? Well, it was Rosa Parks sitting down on a bus in Montgomery, <laughs> and the the impact of that and how it one small act influence another and influence another and influence another. And and our faith in our life, it may be an act of faith as small as a mustard seed that when we act on it, not only will it, could it have that ripple effect in our life, but it could also have that same ripple effect in the lives of those around us when they see us act on our faith.
1: It reminds me a little bit of, of the uh, butterfly Fly effect. If we remember that book that uh, that came out and how something that when a butterfly flutters on one side of the world, the the wind kind of picks up speed and, and does great things on. You just never know how your your act of faith, your uh, act of of being obedient to God, will affect someone else who could affect someone else who who could truly change the world. Now I'm intrigued. Uh, as I've been looking at this passage with the very last line, and talking about uh, what is the kingdom of God like, and it says that it grows bigger and bigger and bigger, which is which is great. But it says the purpose is so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade, and I don't know that that's not a beautiful. One of the most beautiful metaphors for what God calls us to be about in the kingdom—that we become people of such grace that the smallest ones, the the most vulnerable ones, the the ones who have no power, can somehow find a home in the shade that we've helped create, that our church has helped create, we as a family have helped create that what what a beautiful picture of what the kingdom of god ultimately should look like
0: and it and it even um has a a tremendous depth in that when jesus is telling this parable this was actually um thought that this could have been the controversial line in the parable that the birds of the air will find nest in its branches that 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 the birds of the air are going to nest and have shade from the kingdom of God, uh, in the kingdom of God, because in the time of Jesus, oftentimes Gentiles were referred to as the birds of the air. Um, you got to remember the people of Israel were deemed people of the land. Uh, they had been given the land that they were living on by, um, uh, by God and uh, he had led Abram and Abraham to that land uh, they had lost the land a few times they'd been exiled from the land but they came home to the land uh, they this was their this was their land I mean these people wandered in the wilderness for 40 years to get back to their land and when they went into exile they actually took jars of the land with them so that in their homes they could put the dirt down so that they were still on their land um and so they're a little bit different than gentiles uh gentiles will move um if there's a little bit better trade you'll move over there if there's if if hunting is better you move to there if fishing is better you move on uh you just keep moving to wherever is convenient In the time. And so they would always refer to Gentiles as the birds of the air. They'll fly here, they'll fly there, they'll land wherever. Jesus says that even those people who you have always deemed as less than, as birds of the air, even they're going to find their place in the kingdom. The kingdom is going to be so big that Gentiles get to be involved. And if you think about it, that goes all the way back to um, our one of our first encounters with Jesus when he's eight days old and he's carried to the temple and Simeon holds him in his arms and declares that he will be a light unto the Gentiles also. And here he is saying that the kingdom of God that he's talking about is going to grow so big that even those currently deemed not worthy of it, get to call it home and that's a pretty powerful that's a pretty powerful message because that means we get to call it home (laughs) because you know most of us are not jewish (laughs) uh, and have accepted him as messiah uh, as the jewish messiah Uh, most of us are gentiles who have come to know him and so we get to find our place in the kingdom Uh, We get to make our our nest in its branches, and that's an amazingly gracious thing. And sometimes I think we need to remember that and to be grateful for that, that Jesus made a way for us to be part of God's kingdom, that we weren't owed that. Um, But Jesus, through his grace, has allowed for us to make our home in the kingdom.
1: And I, th- I think it speaks to us also, how can we create those those shaded places for those birds of the air who don't typically belong uh, in, in any particular place? I, many of you know that my family has a long history with, with mental health struggles and one of the things that we've discovered is is that A lot of people who struggle with mental health uh, don't feel they have a safe place. They don't feel that they have people who understand them. They're rejected by so many or misunderstood. And so we've tried to make our house a safe place for people who may have those struggles. And it's amazing to me how um, grateful those folks are and how joyful they are that they can be at a place where they're not going to be judged. They're not going to have people – Trying to you know, diagnose them or fix them, uh, but but they're just at a place where they're given grace. But there are so many other types of folk, uh, groups of people who who don't fit into the mainstream, and God calls us to reach out to them and to show them grace and to give them that safe place where they can find a home. Yeah, that's a that's a tremendous gift. And
0: a tremendous welcome that not that people don't really receive everywhere. Um, they don't get that everywhere. And so Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God in in a, in a parable that is very well known. He's talking about the kingdom of God in a way that is very expansive because he is talking about a kingdom so big that we can all find our place in that kingdom. And he's talking about a kingdom that's so big that it starts with something so small, small, as small as a mustard seed, but can grow to something that is phenomenal. And I do think that it gets back, that that does get, you can take it all the way back to that image for our lives and for our faith, that in our lives, the kingdom of God enters oftentimes in a very small way. It's through one trip, you know, one, one visit to a church, one Bible study we go to one friend who tells us a little bit about Jesus. It enters in a small way and then begins to grow. And if you think about it from that whole, Mustard seed growth kind of thing, you know. Once we once the seed has, once we have the seed of of faith, then when we take the time to uh, to water it by going to church, by learning to pray, by reading scripture, by hanging out with Christian folk uh, and and getting to know people who hold the Christian faith as their faith, um, when we take time to water it. It begins to take root, and then it begins to grow, um, and then it grows larger and larger and larger in our life until the kingdom of God is, it is more uh, – we're living more in the kingdom of God than we're living in the kingdom of ourselves because it stops being just about us because the kingdom of God is so large within us that it it's the dominant. Um, but it starts – it starts small. And I think that's a, uh, a common misconception is that we have to immediately, if we want to be faithful to God, then we have to immediately make these gigantic sweeping changes that, to be honest, at times are really hard to sustain because it's so different when reality is... Even making the small change consistently has the ripple effect. It has the it has the effect that it just keeps growing and growing and has that lasting. It makes that lasting difference. Um, you know, years ago, I think we all have. You know, we probably have all heard along the way those kind of things of if you save. You know, if you save a hundred dollars when you're X years old, uh, compound interest works in your favor, and suddenly you save a hundred dollars when you're twenty, and when you retire, you have like seventy-five bazillion dollars. I don't know. Um, I'm, that's why I'm in ministry and not in like finance, because uh, my understanding <laughs> of compound interest probably not what you know is real. Uh, but that is th- there is a reality to it. You you start. Little, the little bit you save, it grows over time. And you hear people talk about the fact that, oh, if you cut out soft drinks, regular soft drinks, then across a year, just by dropping one thing, you'll lose Ten pounds. Um, I tend to balance my cutting of soft drinks with my, you know, I balance that out with an increase in chocolate. Uh, so you diminish the soft <laughs> drinks, but I increase the chocolate to maintain the weight. Uh, and uh, you know, because I'm, I'm, I really feel that that well, st- I'm, stability is important. Stability is important. Um, but there's just a truth to those things. Um, if you want to, if you want to get in better shape you don't immediately go out if you and run a marathon if you want to be a runner and you've never ran before probably the first step would be i don't know go for a walk and see how that works, <laughs> and do that for a few days, and then maybe do something else. I mean, there used to be a a program that you could get the app for uh, that was like called Couch to Five K. Basically, you went from sitting on the couch, and in a certain span of time, uh, you could be on, you could run a five k. And it's something like it would take you. I'm guessing at this, trying to do it from memory something like 90 days it could have you ready for a 5k personally i know someone who's still on week one day two year seven um and so the 5k is not coming anytime soon for them but um the idea is you don't you don't go out i'm going to go and run a 5k so therefore i'm going to go out this morning never having ran before in my life and run one that doesn't work but the little bit by little bit by little bit adds up. So where in your life, where in your life can you take those little steps? Where in your life can you, can you plant that mustard seed of faith to, to do something for God, to let God help you in an area to change a mustard seed of faith to change one small thing in your life that you know God would want you to change and or a habit God would want to help you break where do you where do you start that where do you plant that seed so that you can watch it start to grow and how do you how do you do the things that water that and nurture it you know what are the habits you need to you need to take on the healthy habits you need to take on that allow you to break the bad habit. What are those things that you can be doing in your life to see this mustard seed faith take hold?
1: And and I would say also as you know whether we like it or not we're coming up on an election cycle which our last election cycle led to a lot of divisiveness uh, in in our country um, and and we've seen that divisiveness stay where where people tend to take sides and, and tend to get locked in. And I wonder how we might, with just a little mustard seed, create space where you don't have to do that, where you can um, be safe to to have an opinion but also um, allow other people to have opinions and and to create places uh in their in homes or in organizations, where we don't allow that to happen, but rather we plant the seed of the kingdom, which is to bring peace and joy uh, and grace to the world. And so, I think we have an opportunity to plant a seed here and there, and say, you know, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to to get involved in that kind of conversation. I'm not going to move to that kind of of uh, dialogue because. I'm a person of faith and I'm going to right here plant a little spot where we can truly uh, live in harmony in the kingdom together.
0: That would be a beautiful thing. The mustard seed to allow the mustard seed to grow into the kingdom of God that's so big that all are welcome. Well, I hope you'll join us again next week on The Purpose. Thank you so much.